You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Happy Easter. He is risen. Hallelujah. It was a strange thing. We had a Good Friday remembrance uh, gathering here, half six on Friday evening. And for the first time in 87, 88 years, um, the law was changed in Ireland and pubs could open. And when I was walking down McCurtain Street before we were gathering here, you could see people were delighted that the pubs were open. But when I looked at their faces, and when I looked at the faces of the people in here, The delight they had was as nothing compared with the joy that I experienced in here because we knew it wasn't pubs were open, heaven was open for all who believe. Hallelujah! It was wonderful. It was such an amazing contrast to see something of time that people were celebrating versus something that will last forever. So praise God, we walked out of here on Good Friday evening, in darkness. All the lights were turned off, everything was off on the stage, the music stilled, and we basically, we, the community area, we didn't serve coffee, but we all walked out in silence and in darkness because we wanted to honour and reflect the memory of what happened on Good Friday over 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ died, when darkness covered the earth and so on. But what we said as we went out was, we are going to gather on Easter Sunday morning to celebrate the resurrection. Both are needed. There is a time to mourn and there is a time to rejoice. If you really are born again and The resurrection of Jesus means nothing to you. Can I plead with you to go on your knees at some stage and connect with the Lord again? Because that should make you emotional. I'm not a very emotional person by nature, but I get emotional when I think about the resurrection. The whole core of your faith and my faith comes back to what happened 2,000 years ago this weekend. So I'm going to look at from death to life this morning. Now, many years over Easter, I have um, shared and preached the word from the New Testament, looking at the resurrection of Jesus Christ as found in the Gospels. But I want to look for a change this week, or this year, at the Old Testament. Why? Because all of the Old Testament is actually pointing towards and is a foreshadow of what was about to happen on Calvary and the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The whole of the Old Testament is pointing towards that. For example, you could only ever read the book of Genesis and the entire gospel 
of Jesus Christ, if you will, can be found in the book of Genesis thousands of years before he came. So all of the Old Testament is pointing to Calvary and to the resurrection. And all of the New Testament, as it moves forward, refers back to what happened on Calvary. And your life and my life, you and I, we should have this as our primary touchstone. So in order to get all of us into a frame of thinking that wherever we read in the Bible, whether it's in type and in shadow in the Old Testament or explicit in the New Testament, what happened at Easter is what it's all about. The death of Jesus so that you and I don't have to die and then the resurrection where death was defeated forever. So that's what I'm going to be looking at today. And I'm going to be just briefly reading from the Old Testament from the book of Ezekiel. So may God bless his word to our souls and feed us spiritually this Easter in Jesus' name. Amen. This is uh, an abridged version of Ezekiel 37 in the Old Testament. The Spirit led me to a valley full of dry, dead bones. But the Lord said, these bones can come back to life. Prophesy to these dead bones. The Lord will wrap you, the dead bones, in muscle and skin. And he will put breath in you. So first the bones started coming together, and then there came muscle and skin, but still no life. And the Lord said, say to the wind, the Hebrew word there is ruach, which means spirit. Say to the wind to blow into these dead bodies so they can live again. And as soon as I, Ezekiel, obeyed the wind, the Spirit blew among them, and they came back to life. My people are very like these bones, saying, they have no hope. They have no future. But the Lord will open the graves and set you free. My spirit will give you breath and you will live again. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I am amazed that this and so many other scriptures are thousands of years before the resurrection of Jesus. But as I'm trying to impart to everyone today, the whole of the Bible pivots around this central essential aspect of spirituality, pointing to the death and resurrection of Jesus or referring back to it. So this is Ezekiel. This is thousands of years before Jesus came on earth and died on Calvary and rose again. And Ezekiel was a prophet in the Old Testament. And so the Holy Spirit moving in that time, led him to this valley of dry bones. So in other words, he led him to a place of death. Just like sometimes you and I find ourselves in a place of death. Maybe not physical death, but relationship death. 
or our health is dead, or we failed all our exams, or our career is finished, I could keep going on. I was led to a place of dry bones. That's verse 1. And verse 11, and this is God speaking through the prophet Ezekiel, my people are like this. Who are my people? Those who love the Lord. Sometimes you and I are like this. We feel we have no hope or no future. I could tell you loads of examples throughout my own personal life where it seemed like everything was over. I've referred to it before. I remember when Denise and I were married about one year, we had just taken out a mortgage on a house and committed ourselves to it. And about three or four months after that, we were both told we were going to be made redundant in our jobs. Both of us got redundancy notice. There was a really bad recession in Ireland at the time, and we thought, this is it. We have no hope. But miraculously, because I believe we fasted, we prayed, and all of the Christian friends around us in the church prayed as well, both of those um, redundancy notices were withdrawn. It, it was incredible. It made no economic sense, but it made sense to God. Hallelujah. I can remember sitting with a, a couple in this church. Um, many of you will know them, but I won't say the name. And young couple hoping to have a baby, and nothing was happening. And they discovered that the, the wife, young girl, had cancer. She was told she had cancer. She was actually getting ready to die. And they kept saying, whatever happens, we're not going to lose our faith. We're going to put the Lord as number one. It seemed hopeless. No baby was going to come. She looked and thought she was going to die. But then, praise God, they operated on her. They thought it went okay, but she prayed for healing and something wonderful happened and the girl was healed. And that was half the story. Praise God, she wasn't going to die. But she said, Maybe we can have a baby, but nothing happened. And she was left, physically speaking, with almost no hope of having a baby. This is only about a year ago. And then something wonderful happened. Despite everything the doctor said, everything the doctors and the consultants said, she got pregnant. And that baby is soon to be born. It looked like there was no hope. It looked like there was no future. But God had a better plan because he is the God of the resurrection. Hallelujah. And honestly, I know there's times we go through seasons of testing. And I know there's periods in our lives that are very trying. But you can't get away, if you believe in the Bible and you follow Jesus, you can't get away from the fact that he is the God of the resurrection. He is the, he is the God who healed. He is the God who set people free. So he says, my people are like this. We as a church community, I remember going on my knees about five years ago, I despaired that we would ever find a home, a physical building for the church. We were growing. We were meeting and renting schools on a Sunday. It was becoming unsustainable. And every door we knocked on, it was a no. City council wouldn't give us permission to meet as a church. They said, there's enough churches in the city. <laughs> Uh, and they wouldn't allow us get a change of planning use in any of the buildings. It looked hopeless. 
And I remember going on my knees. And I remember praying from this Bible portion in the Old Testament. I remember, remember saying, God, it looks like a valley of dry bones. But you are the one who turns death into life. And you are sitting comfortably, I hope, this morning in a building that God provided. And it came out of a prayer where we thought there was no hope. Hallelujah. So I think we can all uh, resonate with this scripture. He says in verse 2, these bones can come back to life. And I'm here this morning and I want to prophesy to you on Easter Sunday. What are the dead bones in your life or in your family's life? I'm here to bring a word of hope. The dead bones in your life can come back to life. This is the, the promise. In fact, he even goes further and he says, prophesy to these dead bones, Ezekiel. The Lord will give you muscle and skin and breath. Do you know there's sometimes you and I almost have to prophesy to ourselves. And you might go, I'd never do that really. Do you know, do it at home on your own in your bedroom or something. But do you know, David, who wrote the Psalms under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, David prophesied to himself. He said, why are you so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior. This is what David said. He prophesied. He told himself. And this is what God was saying to Ezekiel. You need to go up to the dead bones in your life and say, you know what? I've been looking at death here long enough. Do you know, Bernie, by God's grace as we pray this week, that your beloved daughter will rise up from her place of testing and rise up from that wheelchair with some healing and that she will get justice. Sometimes, guys, and I'm not into the hyper non-biblical faith thing, but I am into biblical faith. Sometimes you just have to prophesy. You just have to say, you know what? I have enough of death in this experience. I have enough of death in this relationship. Is it a mum or a dad or a partner or a son or a daughter? I don't know. You know. God knows. Is it your career? Is it the exams? I don't know. But sometimes, if you know the Holy Spirit is in it, you just have to prophesy it. And I love the process that began to happen when God began to move. And I believe this is really important because for some of us this morning, I think God is already moving in your life, but you're wondering, you're wondering. And I'm here to tell you it's a process because he says, first I heard a rattling noise, then the bones came together, after that the skin, but there was still no life. So what was going on here is it was a process. The work had begun. The skin and the muscle was there. So it's like the body was there, but there was still no life. And some of us are here on the 1st of April in the year of our Lord, 2018, and we're saying, you know what, I know how God has moved there, but I still don't see the real life. Ah, God isn't finished yet. Oh, God isn't finished in your life yet. This can happen to people. It can happen to communities. I like what David Guzik, brilliant Bible commentator, contemporary, 
commentator from California. His daughter actually studied in the university here in Cork. But he says about this, If we're just word and no spirit, we can be like an army of the dead, assembled, solid, but without the breath of life. Sometimes we get into this rut, guys. We have all our ducks lined up. We have everything sorted out in our lives. But where is the spirit of life? Churches can get like this. Families can get like this. Marriages can get like this. Friendships. Individuals. Oh, we need the breath of life. What's the breath of life? God's Holy Spirit moving. You and I are not called to commit our lives to a philosophy. We are called to commit our lives to Jesus Christ. It's a living relationship. Ireland has been saturated with religion. And some of it is really good. But if it's just about a philosophy or keeping rules and there is no personal relationship, it's dead religion. That's what the Pharisees in the New Testament had. But the message of Jesus Christ is a living relationship. Would anyone say amen? So we need the spirit of life to bring alive what may be solid and assembled. And so he goes and he says very simply, say to the wind, Blow into these dead bones so they can live again. Do you have the courage to do that? For that which is dead in your life. Was he praying to the wind like some North American native Indian? No. The wind here is the spirit of God. So the word for rook in Hebrew or pneuma in Greek in the New Testament, it means God's Holy Spirit. What happened on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came upon the 120 original Christians? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. But first, what did they hear? Anyone? A mighty wind. They heard a wind. Again and again we read of this wind. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So if it's just philosophy, it's, it's solid, it's assembled. If it's just theology or doctrine, it's good, but it's not the end of it. It's only the start of it. So we need to say to the Lord, call on him to the Holy Spirit that he would blow his power into the dead bones in our lives so you and I can live again. I've never met a human being, never, who hasn't had a relationship that went dead. Or it went perilously close to death. It was in intensive care. I don't know that any of us have gone through life without that. So this is something in the Old Testament to whet your appetite about praying for your life. You see, Easter isn't just theology. Easter impacts your personal experience on a day-to-day -day basis. It is all about the living Savior who we love and follow, bringing life out of death. Hallelujah. And so we're going to give you the opportunity in a moment to pray to the Lord that that which may be dead in your life would come to life again by the power of Jesus Christ. If Jesus rose from the dead... Do you not think he cares about what's happening in your life? In fact, the New Testament tells us, Romans 8, 11, 
If that same spirit which raised Christ from the dead lives in you, it will quicken your mortal body. Now, I love that it says this because there's something, and I've seen this over the decades as I've pastored and prayed and, and served the Lord, that it's almost like the physical body is the last thing that kicks in. The first thing that happens when God moves on someone's life. Pam was rejoicing about a year ago. I remember that. Pam, are you still there? You are my love. I remember you a year ago. I remember the hope coming into your face. I can remember the smile. You weren't smiling initially and you started smiling. I remember God starting to move in your life, my love. And you were actually baptized a year ago, wasn't it as well? Just, just, just this. And I can, I can remember that. But the first thing that begins is in your soul, your spirit. And then it affects your emotions. And then after a while, it impacts your thinking. And it's almost like the last thing to kick in is your physical body. And there is a difference in our physical bodies. The amount of diseases that are out there today that are psychosomatic, caused by a wrong attitude and a wrong mindset. The Bible says if we are bitter and unforgiving, this isn't for everyone who has uh, diseases of the bones or arthritis or whatever, many people have it hereditary, but if we hold on to unforgiveness and bitterness, we put ourselves in the way of all that family of diseases. Stress, bitterness, unforgiveness, uh, the, the list is endless. But on the contrary, it is also true that when our mindset is changed, when we capture the negative thoughts that drag us down and the, the wrong way of thinking, when we begin to get a confidence and, a, and, and we begin to see ourselves in a different light because we see Jesus in a different light, do you know what happens? It actually begins to impact our bodies. Why is it that the World Health Organization says that people of faith, particularly those who do a lot of singing together publicly, hallelujah, this is scientific, we live longer than so many others. People of faith, those who sing together, those who have a real community, etc., etc. The thing is, your body is usually the last thing to benefit. So here, when this promise was given in Romans chapter 8, it will quicken. What does that mean? It will bless. It will strengthen even your physical body. I want some of that. Do you? Some of us know I'd rather be sick, really. Who wants a bit of that? Hallelujah. We want this blessing in our lives. If that same spirit which raised Christ from the dead, that's what we're celebrating this Easter. If it lives in you, it will quicken your mortal body. As I come towards a close, Romans 5a tells us, Jesus proved how much he loved us by dying in our place, even though we were lost and far away from him. This is what Jesus did for you, and this is what Jesus did for me. He died in our place. Tom Burke deserved to die for the sins I committed. But Jesus stood in my place, and he said, I'll die instead of you, Tom. I'll take the judgment so that you can be set free. And this is what he's done for all of us. And if you've never experienced that, this is the invitation 
that the Bible, that Jesus Christ gives to every man and woman, accepts that finished work of Calvary. And we have 20 people who are going to baptize at the end of the next service, just like we had another 20 in September and we had 20-odd last Easter. These are people who've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And, and, and because of that, they're set free. They've got a new future. So if Jesus proved how much he loved us by dying in our place, even though we were far away from him, if he loved us that much, if Jesus was willing to die for us, to die for you, when you were far away from him, do you not think he listened to you today? Do you not think Jesus will listen to your prayer about that which is dead in your life, I believe he will. We're going to, because it's Easter Sunday, we're going to pass around these in just a moment. They're armbands. I've been wearing mine all week. And it says on the armbands, they're just a free gift for everyone this Easter to take away. Jesus thinks you're worth dying for. Do you believe that? He thinks you're worth dying for. And we're going to give these out to everybody. And as you hold it in your hand or put it on your arm, and take it away after. If he thinks you're worth dying for, I want you, every time you see it, to remind yourself, if Jesus thought I was worth dying for, I think he believes I'm worth listening to as well. He will listen to your prayer. This is to spur your faith on, to have a little bit of faith and believe. This is just a little practical example to remind us to have faith that he will blow his spirit on that which is dead in our lives. So in just a moment, we're going to give everyone the opportunity, whatever it is, you know and God knows, I don't know, but that God would blow his spirit. Is there still hope for your marriage? May God's Holy Spirit blow on it. Is there still hope for that friendship, for that son or daughter, for that mum or dad? May God blow the wind of his spirit on the dead bones, because all I see is dead bones. Is it your health? Is it your career? Is it your exams and you're terrified of failing? May God, by his Holy Spirit, blow on those dead bones. So we're going to sing... Uh, the last chorus, I'm going to invite the band up. But before we do, could I have some volunteers to pass these around? I'm looking for a volunteer. One, two, three, four volunteers, maybe five. Just grab, how many do I have? Five, yeah. So if you do the very back, Tim. Teddy, maybe you'll do the middle guys here. Albert, you do there. Greg, if you do that crowd. Anyone do here? Any volunteer for here? Thank you. Edith, just take one, hold on to it. Thank you, guys. We're going to sing the chorus. By his spirit, I'm alive. By his Holy Spirit, as we pray, God will be alive in the dead bones of your life. And you know what? He'll move. We'll pray that he will move. On Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Day, let's pray for resurrection in that area of our lives. So as you take a band, I'm going to ask that you would stand because the guys are going to sing. And then just as we finish singing the chorus uh, maybe twice, we pray 
and we'll hold these up before the Lord, guys. By your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. A resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. got your armband I'm going to hold mine up in prayer because if Jesus thinks I'm worth dying for he thinks I'm worth listening to what's right for me and what's true for me is true for you as well so if you'd like to join me take the band in your hand and for that relationship or that health issue or for that legal situation your career, your exams, I don't know what it is, but that which is dead in your life on Resurrection Sunday, let's hold the band up before the Lord. Heavenly Father, as we stand before you this morning and we are reminded that you think we are worth dying for, Hallelujah. we first of all say thank you, Jesus. Who will say amen? amen? We thank you that you died for us and that you rose from the dead from us. And now we ask you, oh God, that you would listen to our prayer. There are hundreds of silent prayers going up to you, Heavenly Father, all over this hall this morning. And on this resurrection day, we pray, Holy Spirit, would you blow wind into the bones that are dead in our lives. Every dead relationship, every troubled friendship, every issue whether it's work or with the doctor or whether it's an exam or a legal situation oh god blow the holy spirit's wind into our challenge and bring life from death in jesus name god's people said amen i believe the holy spirit is saying there is some here and you won't let jesus in I saw the Lord knocking on the door of someone's heart and you're holding the door closed. You won't let Jesus in. You won't let Jesus in. He will move on. He will let you be. He's a gentleman. But you know in your heart and soul that it's the Lord is calling you, not man. We're going to just give a moment for you to surrender to Jesus and let him come into your life. I'm going to ask the band on the stage to close their eyes, please. And then everyone who is standing or sitting, would you close your eyes? Just going to give some privacy. If 
you know Jesus is trying to move and you've been trying to stop him, you won't let him in. With every eye in the house closed, I'm going to ask that you would lift your hand. And this is a sign, I'm not going to call you up, but you're saying to the Lord, I surrender. Would you lift up your hand and tell the Lord you surrender? Okay, 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 okay. See your hands. See your hands. Praise God. By the power of the Spirit of Jesus of Nazareth, I pray he would move in a mighty way in your life. And as you have lifted up your hand now, and as you have opened and are opening the door of your heart, may God's Holy Spirit flood you, and may Jesus bring a healing and a blessing and salvation and restoration into your soul now in jesus name who'll say amen? amen we had seven people put up their hands let's give them a round of applause that took courage god bless you god is good let's sing this beautiful song as we close our gathering this morning remember we're meeting up for coffee upstairs if you have the time but let's sing unto the lord praise god your name, your name is victory. time as we close in prayer this morning. Lord, I pray that we will not forget the prayers that we prayed in here today, Lord. We pray that we would see your resurrection life breaking out in our lives in this coming week. On Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, I pray we would keep, keep these prayers close to our hearts. Keep our faith primed and our expectation ready for the move of God in these situations. We commit ourselves into your hands, into the hands of our one and only risen King. In Jesus' name and God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless and keep you, brothers and sisters. Don't forget we're here for baptisms. Just after the late service, we're here again for night church on Tuesday night. John Dunn, our visiting speaker, and tea and coffee is being served upstairs. God bless and keep you, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.